Sometimes problems seem so big. They hide the light of day. Sometimes pain cuts so deep. I can't find the words to pray. Sometimes heartaches seem to be much more than I can stand. That's when grace seems to take me by the hand. He gives grace in the midst of every storm. God gives grace that carries the weary and worn. He's everything we ever need for everything we face. So remember when it seems you can't go on. God gives grace. I know every pain I feel becomes his very own. God knows the weakness of my heart. I can't make it all alone. For he knows what I can handle, and he never gives me more. When my strength comes to an end, he has more grace in store. God gives grace in the midst of every storm. God gives grace that carries the weary and worn. He's everything we ever need for everything we face. So remember when it seems you can't go on. God gives grace. Grace will help you stand when problems seem so tall. And grace will pick you up every time you fall. In the midst of every storm, God gives grace that carries the weary and worn. He's everything we ever need for everything we face. So remember when it seems you can't go on, God. Just remember when it seems you can't go on, God gives grace. 
Let's go over there to the, uh, to the, uh, let me see if I can find it. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 11. This is a new Bible. Uh, it's pages are sticking together. Where is the, if you got a Schofield, somebody holler out the page. I'm having difficulty. places I go, it looks like half the congregation needs an inoculation. I mean, about three cc's of it. And it'll help people. But uh, I want to try to maybe enlighten you a little bit about, about some things of truth. Hebrews chapter 11 records the acts of some of the greatest men of faith prior to the apostles that are recorded in humanity. And uh, I believe in faith. Preacher preached last night, the faith. That's what overcomes the world, our body of doctrine, what we believe and who we believe in. And it's been once delivered. Uh, we're not looking for a new body of doctrine. That faith that uh, we're to defend and to earnestly contend for, Jude says, has been once delivered by the saints. I don't if, if it's new, it's not true. And I thank God for faith, the faith. But here's personal exercise faith that we read about in chapter 11. Y'all are familiar with it. It starts off mentioning Abel, and he's the, the patriarch of, of righteousness and faith. God accepted the sacrifice of Abel. Aren't you glad of that? And set a precedence that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ would soon be shed, the lamb slain for the foundations of the world, and uh, it's going to pay for mankind's sin. And I'm, I'm glad that's the way it is today. We could have been born during that Old Testament age. I'm glad I wasn't born. I'd go find me a lamb every year, make sure that lamb didn't have any marks on it. I mean, praise God, who can find one like that? Somebody help me. I've raised enough livestock, it's hard to find anything perfect. And, uh, and I mean, man, I'd hate to be in the tribulation. Wouldn't you hate to have to deny the mark and have your head cut off to get saved? Don't get nervous. I'm just a Bible believer. And uh, that's what's going to happen to through faith. And if, you, if you were born during this church age, you ought to every once in a while just glorify God for it and, uh, and come in here and praise God that, uh, that you got in the way. Uh, I mean, it's the easy way, praise God. Uh, everybody said, what about easy believism? Well, you tell me what hard believism is. He that believeth on the Son hath life. He that believeth not the Son. It said that First 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, he read it last night while I was sleeping in couch in the foyer, but uh, subconsciously heard it, he that believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Amen. Well, praise God, how many believe that? Amen. I'm in, praise God. 
amen on that. Hallelujah. And uh, I thank the Lord. I've got, I've got faith. He gave me faith to believe. It's a gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. What you do with that faith is going to determine eternity. Uh, will you exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trust him, or will you resist the Holy Ghost, deny that? If you do, you'll wind up in a devil's hell forever and ever and ever. But this chapter really alludes to Enoch. Man, what a man he was, walked with God. At the conclusion of their biographical sketches, you see really the highlights or the credentials of their faith. He was a man, man, that walked with God, Noah, for approximately 120 years in the Andalusian age. I mean, man, that was a rough time to live. Uh, evil continuously. The thoughts of their hearts were just evil. Evil's not just bad. That's why the Bible uses different words. Bad would be for me to, what would be bad would have been for me and, me and Brother Mike to come on the property this morning run down there behind them buses and smoke a cigarette or some, you know, some a Marlboro red. Can I get a witness? And get a little nicotine out of some relax for them. That would be bad. But evil would be to try showing them boys how to do it. He said, here's how you light a cigarette. That's it. And, and intentions to hurt somebody. And intention to hurt. And man, that's, that's up to, we're living in an evil time. Noah lived in an evil time. Eight souls out of all humanity. I'm overwhelmed. Does it ever does it ever overcome anybody how many people God had to kill to make his point? And we talk about majorities and minorities, and you Bible believers are just a minority. You're a subculture. Well, I guess Noah was, but he made it through, praise God. Everybody wished they'd have joined the club. Everybody wish they'd have got in, claw, fingernails and claw marks on the outside of that ark. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, but he, he served God, preacher of righteousness. He had faith. Abraham and Sarah, you know they had some faith. Went through some difficult times of doubt, but they had faith. Isaac and Jacob had faith. You read through their men of faith. I want to point your attention to verse 22. Of all of the characters of Scripture, and y'all pray for me, I really don't have a message. I'm trying to get something together here. I got a thought. But of all the biblical records, characters, no pages, no more pages are alluded to, written to, than about than Joseph. Thirteen long chapters of them, Joseph. Do y'all understand? That's a, that's a whole lot of writing. Usually there's a column or two, maybe a chapter or two, a story or two, but you got 13 long chapters designated to one person's life. The subject of all of it was Joseph himself. And there was a lot accomplished under him. And he believed God for some mighty things. God used him at a crucial time. But the Bible says, by faith, look at verse 22, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. He still believed that God was going to visit them. That was his words. And when... When the Almighty visits you and exits you out of this Egyptian bondage, and he's going to one day. Didn't do it in his lifetime. Didn't do it while he was on uh, in leadership role. But he believed God even after his death. And this is what he said. He gave commandments concerning his bones. 
Father, I need your touch this morning. And if we've ever needed a deeper devotion, a more sincere following, it's in this hour. Everything's become trivial, trivial, lax. Our approach to worship is lax. Our approach to faithfulness, it's, it's almost a forgotten thing. But here's a character who, of all the accounts of his life, detailed accounts from his youth to his leadership role in Egypt, the effect that he had on mankind even into the future. Our Bibles are here in our laps today because of a man who stood in the gap for the nation of Israel to keep the seed alive during days of famine. You raised him up. And yet all that's said about him was that he just told the crowd when they left him, don't forget his bones. We'll dig them up and carry them with him. Lord, I pray this morning you'd illuminate our minds and hearts and let us leave this place and then Always, Brother Mike blesses my soul. I always get a help from him. I've preached many of his messages, and you know they are. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help now uh, as he comes in a moment to speak to our hearts and strengthen the things that remain. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Here's a man who that's the only remembrance that they wrote in Hebrews was that he gave commandments concerning his body. I mean, he was not an Egyptian. Uh, he was different. He was of the 12 tribes. He was of uh, God's elect people. And he wanted that to be known even after his dead. He said, I don't want to be remembered as an Egyptian. Now, I, I, I don't want to be remembered as, as an Egyptian. I, I'm not here for Egypt's sake. I'm here for Israel's sake. And he said, now, one day God's going to come back and he's going to bring y'all out. Moses is going to be raised up. God's going to raise up a man. God always has and always will use human instrumentality. Amen. That encourages me this morning. Amen. And he said, when, I, when, when God visits you and he brings those ten plagues and when that Passover comes around and, and y'all march out of here, Aaron, don't, whatever y'all do, don't, don't forget my casket. And if y'all know much about the Bible, I assume this crowd knows something about it. I mean, for 40 years they wandered around out there. Aaron had a box on his shoulder and it was the bones it was the bones of Joseph they kept their promise to him they obeyed the commandment I grew up in the south and I'm proud of it and unapologetic about it and I hate it for the rest of y'all somebody say amen we've got cliches we've got antidotes we've got lines we use we, we everything we, we can't hardly answer a question without some kind of it's hot yeah it's hotter than the devil's armpit things we say. Well, was that good? Yes, a good make a bulldog break his chain. I had a friend of mine, and uh, I mean, he, he had always overloaded his mouth. He was a bully. He would try to whoop people all the time. And he was called out a fella at a gas station. The fella was over there, and uh, he was standing by the side of the wall, and he was doing what he should have been doing in the bathroom. And so that boy hollered out at him. He said, what are you doing, boy? He said, I ought to whoop you for that. About that time he did, he started walking over to him and three other boys stepped out behind that, that gas station. They'd been doing the same thing he was doing. Can I get a witness? And all of a sudden, they all three converged on that big mouth bully and whooped the fire out of him. I mean, eyes swole up. When he got through, man, looked over there and his buddy answered him, said, listen, said, your alligator mouth overloaded your lizard tail today, didn't it, praise God? <laughs> Cliches. 
say. And they have a meaning to them. I got to looking at this passage. He gave commandments concerning his bones. We say if somebody's consumed with something, we'll say, that old boy there is eat up with it. Does any of y'all use that up north? He's eat up, he's consumed with it. If somebody really believes something, we'd say, man, he, he believes it to the bone. We're living in an hour of shallow Christianity. You know, beauty's skin deep, but ugly is... Y'all don't even know that one? Man, I hate how y'all were raised. Beauty's skin deep, but it's to the bone. It's deep. I'm pastoring a people that are shallow. If they're tuning in this morning, they've heard me say it before. And I'll say it again. Let the first little problem come, little ripple in their life, little difficulty, any adversity, they're always second-guessing their faith. I wonder if I'm in the will of God and everything. Because ain't nobody likes me. Well, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to get all likes on Facebook. No, you shall suffer persecution. Everybody ain't going to like you. And we're living where preachers are so shallow. I mean, if they really believed where they what they believed where they graduated from, if they had any loyalty to doctrine, why come are they snatching and jerking and changing all the time? Bible said, "Meddle not with a man given to change." The book's not a uh, Bible's not a book of situational ethics. It's a Bible of absolutes. And if you rightly divide the Word of God, if it's ever been wrong, it's still wrong today. Rightly divided, if it's ever been right, it's still right today. And we have such such a mentality where it's just not deep enough. I mean, we're we're building a shallow foundation on sand. There's no rock under us. He had faith to the bone. If I could say anything about Joseph, he had faith to the bone. I mean, he said, he, it was in him. It was in him so much that he said, now I've served under the Pharaoh all these years. And he knows I'm, I'm an Israelite. He knows my brethren I brought up. He knows Jacob, my daddy. And all this time, I've stood, but I just want them to know even after I'm dead and gone. I, I, don't, I want them when they go by, now they're going to bury me down here and they're going to have a big old funeral procession and I mean the Pharaohs are going to be involved in it and this is Joseph, man, he's the savior of Egypt. If it had not been for him and the prophecies and his wisdom, we'd all starve to death. But, but when all the dust settles and all the hoopla's over with, don't y'all leave me down in here. You dig me up, this ain't where I'm from. I don't want to be remembered like this. Amen. I don't want to when, when my life is concluded for my children to have to walk by my casket and say, well, old daddy used to preach something. I don't want my grandkids to say, old papa used to stand for something. But somewhere down the line, the peers of his hour, the pressure of his day, pleasure, prosperity affected his position. Not, not in Joseph's case because he had it to the bone, friend. We, we need some faith to the bone. I got to thinking, what put it in him? 
What anchored that faith? What made him, of all the requests he could have made in his death, and all the requests with all the things that was crossing his mind? He didn't want his name on a building. He didn't want his name on a college. Amen. Hey, hey, he just said, man, I, I, I want y'all to dig my bones up and get me out of Egypt. I never did want to be here in the first place. Hey, my brethren thought it for evil, but God thought it for good. I, I never wanted to be here anyhow, and y'all dig me, get me out of here. I don't want to be in here. I'm burdened by what I'm seeing and the shallowness of our leaders. Their children stir, leave, and they leave. It ain't deep enough if your kids can lead you out of that. I'm not much of a deer hunter. I'm a coon hunter, but I've deer hunted some through the years, and I've watched them as I sent a tree stand. I watched a doe walk through, and she's walking on the trail, and there's two spotted fawns beside her, and she's walking on that trail, and those fawns had kind of blended into the uh, uh, undergrowth, and she was browsing along, and all of a sudden she noticed they were gone. And that old doe, she said, took her paw, her front leg, and pawed her ground. Dust began to rise up from the trail, and she pawed it, and in a minute, here come those two spotted phones back to the trail. I made up my mind when I saw that. I said, my young'uns may stray. My friends may get off the trail, but praise God, I'm just going to snort and blow, bless God, paw the ground a little while. I'm not leaving the trail. Now, you know why I think I can say that, not that I've apprehended and not that I've finished my course. But I, I can say it because there's some stuff that's in me. Amen. I'm a southerner. I've said that two or three times. I may say it eight or ten more times. If you, if you were to say Sherman around my granddaddies, both of them, my mama's side, Crawford's, or Hudson's, they'd spit on the ground and take an oath. I'm talking until they died. You say, you say Grant, they, they, listen, they'd break one of them dollars to hey, get ones to have George Washington on it. Somebody say amen. Are y'all listening to me? They'd rather, car they'd rather carry, hey, praise God, all ones. Is y'all listening? They'd have Ulysses C. Grant on something. They didn't want that on their body. That's in me. That's in me too. They put that in me. Old Champ Ferguson, he's from born in Kentucky. He was a guerrilla fighter. He never fought under the banner of the Stars and Bars, but he fought for the cause. He is against that northern invasion. Somebody say amen. He lived in Sparta. That's White County, Tennessee, as he moved as a teenager. They say, tradition says he killed over 100. Over 100 Union sympathizers and over 100, uh, I'm talking about officers. He aimed for the generals. He aimed for the colonels. He aimed for them in the grass. Well, they caught him. He was guilty. They took him to Nashville, 19, 1865. They were put him on trial for the murder and for treason against the United States of America. And he is sitting there, and the judge looked at him and said, Now, champ, said, if you'll just say, if you'll just admit that you were under the orders of the Confederate States of America, said, we'll stay your execution. Champ looked at him and said, no, said, I never fought. I never wore the colors. He said, I did it on my own. He said, I did it for Dixie. And they executed him. Just before he died, they said, you got any last words? He said, yeah. He said, I want you to bury me in some sweet southern soil. You say, what was he? 
He was in his bones. He's eat up with it. We're in a we're in a movement today where there's no loyalty. There, there's 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 no gratitude. It's it's still in my bones. I'm an American. I, I, I never realized that, that you know the the threats that a pastor has against him. I I, I go to ball games at home, and, and if one of them teenagers don't take their hats off at a ball game, it don't bother me a bit to go knock their hat off if their purple-haired mama's standing beside them. <laughs> Reason why I'm so secure is because my insurance agent Ken Halliburton with Bill Larry and Beach Insurance came to our friend day one Sunday and I preached and after I preached she said I need to meet Ken and I said what is it brother Ken he said man we need to up your coverage he said we've only got a million dollars worth of liability you need at least two million for what you're saying behind that pulpit well I got two million dollars worth of running into your car is everybody okay it's in my bones I'm amazed at the shallowness of this hour. The swift transition. I mean, one of the, one of the attributes of Christ was his immutability. Man, I ain't got the message. I'm trying to get there. He he was he was uh, unchangeable. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. For I'm the Lord thy God, and I change not. Malachi writes. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, what what put it so deep that Joseph said, "Whatever y'all do." Don't remember my accomplishments. Don't remember my investments. Don't remember my sacrifice I made at just 17 years old, taken from my family. Never met my brother Benjamin. I don't, don't, none of that. Just, 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 just look at me. Said, I tell you what to do. Just, just, just dig up my bones. What put it in him? Number one, here it is, it's deep. I believe his mentors put something. You're a product of your environment. Amen. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. I'm watching a crowd who's opened their door, they've lended their ear, who are listening to a wrong influence. And it doesn't have to be in person. This social media is killing us, man. We were so influenced. I thank God for some mentors in my life who were consistent. The same. You didn't have to check on a picture and see if their haircut, their hairstyle had changed. Nowadays, these bunch of millennial preachers that's left our circles and desecrated their heritage and sinned against their fathers and their forefathers, man, they grow their hair out and look like some kind of a hippie. Amen. It's a shame that men, I've got a white shirt on and wingtip shoes because that's what preachers wore when I grew up. I, I, I'm the way, I, I'm, I'm not up here in a golf shirt, flip flip flops and, and Bermuda grass shorts. Somebody help me, and some necklaces dangling down. That's not what I was taught. I'm what I am because some men who were consistent. Oh, I'll never forget. Long ago, Doctor Seiler preached for us the very first time he preached at Middle Tennessee Baptist Church. He preached there seven times before he died. And Doctor Seiler had myostenia gravis. It was a muscle deterioration. And and when you hear Dr. Seiler, he, he, he talks like that right there. It's not because he stutters. It's because he, he's having a hard time uh, pronouncing the word. 
And he pulled up on the Greyhound, and Brother Mike, I mean, I was so excited. Harold B. Seigler, Tabernacle Baptist Church, White Horse Road, Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina, USA. The bright spot I was, man. I'd listen to him every day of my life. Growing, I never missed him. And I, he pulled up on that Greyhound, got off, and he looked at our sign. And our sign said Sunday morning, 9 o'clock Sunday school, 10 o'clock preaching, 6 o'clock evening service. And he looked at that sign, he, he said, what, what is that? What is that? Evening service, 6 o'clock. He said, your daddy's was 7.30. I preached multiple week revivals for Curtis at 7.30. He said, Tabernacle at 7.30. He said, what is that? He said, i tell you what it is. It's the next step to compromise. Man, I'm thinking, give me a ladder and a paintbrush. <laughs> Immediately, if not sooner, somebody help me. I'm, I'm climbing a pole, and I'm going to paint over. It's going to be 7.30, man, before we vote on it. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and, and, and my initial reaction was, well, well Dr. Seitler, we've always met at 6. We were in a building, rented, and the cleaning crew came in, and we had to get out. We said, you always, you always met at six? I said, yes, sir. He, he said, it'd be six o'clock to the rapture. Don't you ever change it. If that's where you started, you stay right there. Thank God for consistency. Let me say something. That kind of stuff, those mentors are contagious. I do things. You say what you want to. I'm a spiritual schizophrenic. If I've been listening to Sammy Allen, that's who I am. I mean, Hokey is Paul Saint and I and simply listening. Hey man. I mean, I'll quote, I learned half my Bible just listening to him quote scripture. If I listen to Dr. Blong, you know, tonight, I believe the Bible is the word of God. You know, tonight, I believe the Bible will change your life. I mean, man, I, 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 I'm him. I'm him. Thank God I'm not listening to Joel Osteen. Stay with me. But it's those mentors that were contagious. There's stuff I do because they did it. Oh, well, that's it. I wouldn't want to do that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. And Paul said, be a follower of me as I'm a follower of Christ. He said, the things which I have learned of me among many witnesses told Timothy over there, said the same, the same blessed fired thing. The same commit thou to faithful men who are able to teach others also. I believe it's in Joseph's bones because he had the right mentors. He submitted to the people. The consistency is contagious. Praise God. I mean, it's challenging. I want, I want, I want, I want to hear well done, thy good and faithful servant. I do. I have a desire for that. But you know what? I liked it when they patted me on the back. They don't, I don't have many mentors much left. We were talking about one of them from Pasco, Washington, one of my friends. And I mean, I appreciate Brother John. He's a great man, and, and I look to him. But but I think about men in, in our generation. There was there was a time when a bunch of my heroes were alive. I remember Baze Jackson preached for us one time. I mean, and it got on pretty good. Y'all don't know what that means, come down sometime. And I'm talking about, man, we was worshiping God. And the power of God was in that meeting. Brother Baze preached like forked with lightning. When he got through, he came to the office to change his shirt, and he's in the office, and he said, Tony, he said, I, I, I'm going down here. That was a cycler. Here's Brother Mason. Tony, let me tell you something that Curtis did not do. And I'm thinking, oh, he's fixing to make that preacher mad. He said, listen to me. He said, whatever you do, 
meant was everything was right. Now, that was early on and everything wasn't right. But praise God, Mays Jackson said it was right. I started calling people I know. Guess what Brother Mays said? <laughs> Don't touch the knobs. What I went out there, praise God, and got some perma glue. Amen. Uh, I, I started super gluing everything around there. We ain't changing nothing. I've later learned when they're patting you on the back, they're usually wiping off a place to stab. Somebody say amen. <laughs> what, what put it so deep in Joseph's life? He had some mentors that affected him. And that's a challenge to us. It's a challenge if you've got anybody under you. Let me tell you something. People are watching you. They're watching mamas and daddies. They're watching papas and grannies. And everything that you soften on, they'll go three times softer. Amen. Keep on standing. Because he had it in the I believe this mishaps, misfortune drives him deep. If everything's easy, you're not good. And listen, the Christian life's not like that. Peter said, after you've suffered a while, he said, you establish. She sang about grace today. She knows something about grace. You know something about grace. After you've suffered a while, he'll establish you, strengthen you, and then settle you. We don't want any trouble. We want everything to be without controversy and no conflict. We want everything just to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But I found out that when it's real easy, they won't do it for long. Y'all stay with me. I mean, you understand that Joseph was lied on. He was mistreated by his brethren. He was misunderstood by his daddy. This was not his idea. Now, the your sheaves are going to bow to my sheaves, and your stars are going to give obeisance to my stars. And, and I'm going to be over y'all. That was not his plan. This was not egotistical desire. This was a God-given, God-birthed. Amen. Woke to in his heart. He, 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 didn't, he didn't understand what it meant. And he told his daddy about it. He's probably thinking his daddy going to say, that's great. I remember when I asked my call to preach, I told mama, mama said, you show me. But you better think about it. He said, your daddy's a real preacher. Well, Okay. I told my daddy, and he said, well, you know you play football first. Are y'all okay? Don't judge him. I mean, is everybody listening? I'm talking about, friend, hey, when you're misunderstood, when you're mistreated. Hey, he, he was mistreated by his brethren. When he come walking up there, he said, now go see how your brethren are doing. He walks up, and I can hear all them brothers. Hey, dreamer. Here comes old dreamer. Y'all start bowing. And he's embarrassed by it. He said, ah. Just telling y'all, God gave me a vision. They threw him in that pit. All he's doing is being obedient to his father, doing what he's supposed to be doing, honoring his father, and they threw him in the pit. They sold him from a slave platform down to Potiphar's house. And that wicked thing, been watching him days of our lives, somebody help me, thought everybody cheated, thought everybody, everybody don't run around on their wife. Everybody don't, ma'am, look at me. Everybody don't have affairs. Everybody don't do that. Common people do that. It's preaching time. People with integrity don't do that. And Joseph's there, and he could have said like everybody else was saying, well, I've been sold into slavery, and God, ain't nobody going to know but just being Potiphar's wife. And when he ran out the door, she kept his vesture, but she didn't steal his virginity. Man, I, I was mistreated. And she's screaming, rape, rape, rape. I've been mistreated. I've been violated. 
do something. Potiphar do something with that. Man, old, old Clarence McCartney, I don't read all of him, but I read some. He, he made this statement. He said, hell knows no fury like a woman scorned. He ticked her off. It cost him. By the way, let me tell you, about just, and this is a parenthetical thought of trying to help preachers this morning. Do, you know, we always preach you can't do wrong and get by with it. How many's ever said that? Be sure your sin will find you out. Let me give you another. You can't do right and get by with it. I, I, I've preached messages before, and I'd tell Miss Tracy, Vaughn, uh, Alan, Vaughn, that's his mama, Alden, I'd tell, I'd tell Miss Tracy, get ready and buckle her down. Those devils going to fight us after this. I'd tell her, don't even call me for two or three days because we're going to be in a fight. Because you can't preach some stuff. There's not some of the stuff you're going to preach ain't that they ain't going to like. And the devil hates it worse. You can't do right and get by with it. Y'all understand that? Hear me. And Joseph was in the will of God. And all that mistreatment through all that time, I mean, all that mistreatment, all that abuse, all those lies on him, man, they lie on me. They got parody accounts, all this kind of stuff. They just quote me the other day stuff I ain't ever said. And I got to reading, I said, I should have said that. Man, that was a good one, praise God. They're giving me some ammo, amen. Y'all all right? All of that, guess what? He, I'll tell you what he did. He looked at his brethren and he said, y'all meant all this for evil. Y'all tried to hurt me, but God meant this for good. The Bible said through all of that mistreatment, through all that adversity, through all that hardship, this is one of the quotes, and, and I think it's about right there about, about that second chapter when it, it says, but God was with. Joseph. Praise God. That's why it was in his bones. You're going to have to learn to endure some hardness. I tell you where you become a good soldier is when you can endure hardness. Endure hardness as a good soldier. We're in a warfare. He didn't say put on your soccer shorts. Amen. He said put on the helmet of salvation. It's, it's confrontational. It's battle. It's a, it's a fight, friend. I, oh, oh, Hinkle Little from over in Western North Carolina, he's Taylorsville area. They asked him, said, Brother Little said, hey, if you fought a good fight, no, Brother Little, he country, mountain man. He said, no, but he said, I've been in a good one. It's a good fight. Let me tell you all something. You want it deeper? Stay through hardships. You want to be able to last? Make it through some battles. Don't fall out all the time looking. Amen. Just dig in, praise God. Some of you preachers, well, they don't want me. They don't, they, they ain't no crowd wants you all the time. You all just dig in, but let's drive a stop in the ground about that deep. Latch on with a log chain, let the fur fly, praise God. Deacons can leave just as easy as a preacher can leave. Disgruntled millionaires can leave just as easy. Hey, a, a wife run husband can leave just as they usually do. I've never had a man leave our church. It's all them, all them women jerking that ring in their nose. Spineless men leave. Amen. And they'll call me and I, you know I love you, but I just can't live in it. Bless God. Listen, I'd set the house on fire. Is everybody okay? Everybody all right? Over my dead body. It's preaching time. A while ago, I had butterflies in my stomach. Now they're flying in formation, praise God. He had some mishaps, but it didn't, it didn't stop him. In fact, all it did was prove God. In every 
situation. Blake, Butler, Butler and Baker. Y'all, y'all, do I have to go to the text or y'all know these stories? I mean, and, and, and you're going to remember it now, you know. Yeah, right. Butler said, I got you. Baker's over there swinging. <laughs> I got you, dude. Two years later. I mean, when Aaron put that bones on, I, I, I know, I know, it's not in the book, but in my imagine, my, my 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 imagination, I can almost hear him. If you could crack that lid open on that casket, old Joseph saying, "Sweet dreams are God's kept His promise." I'm saying to you that the mishaps of your life don't cuss them. Don't 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 hate them. Right now, some of y'all going through fights with deacons and fights with members and trouble. Just, just bow up, bless God. Grow up, bow up. Amen. Speak up. Go on for God. It ain't good. Is it in your bones? Is it his bones because of mentors? Is it in his bones because of misunderstandings? Maybe this will fit. Is it his bones because of miracles, manifestations? It doesn't happen all the time. Now, I understand the rain falls on the just and the unjust. I understood we woke up this morning. That's a miracle. But once in a while, there'll be a divine intervention. I don't have time this morning to elaborate on them because I've got so many. But Brother Alden's sitting here, and he can, tell you, he can testify to this. I was preaching in California about four, three, four years ago. My wife called me just a few hours there, two hours earlier, and she called me out just, just before I went in the pulpit. I mean, it's a pretty large building, a fundamental building, and I always want to try to represent all kinds of things and play all that. About the time the phone rang, my wife said, Daddy, said, I, got, I hate to tell you this, but said, there's a surveyor in our backyard. And said, he's driving stakes in the ground with, the, uh, with orange tape on in the middle of our backyard. And I said, well, baby, don't worry about it. <laughs> It'll all be okay. <laughs> and, uh, man, I'm about to have a conniption fit. Somebody say amen. My heart's racing. Man, I get, I get back home and a real estate agent calls me. He said, we've done some surveys and there's nine acres next to you and said, uh, somewhere y'all have encroached on that nine acres. said, your barn's on that ground. Half your driveway's on that ground. Your backyard's on that ground. And said, we're wanting to sell this ground. So we got some people from California that want to buy it. God help us, man. And, uh, and man, they, they're, they're ready to pay cash on this place and we, we really want to get this done and they won't buy it with this encroachment. He said, you're going to have to fix it. He said, in fact, we need that barn broke down, tore down, beat it, and we can build a tent. I said, I can't come do that. I said, call the sheriff. Tell him you want to do it. But I said, I can't put that barn down right now. Man, just, I'm talking about, I said, all of you got to pray with me about something. I didn't tell everybody. But you're here. It's a good illustration. I said, you pray with me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I done tried to buy the nine acres. They're wanting an astronomical price. I mean, over 40-something thousand dollars. I was doing my best. I tried to wiggle, tried to find a way to do it. Said, could I just buy a little bit of it, buy the part I'm encroaching? They didn't want to sell it. Hard. 
guys in town at Chevel getting those tires rotated on my farm truck, and, and my phone rang, and it was a real estate agent. He said, is this Tony? I said, yeah. He said, could you meet me? I'm, I'm so-and-so with Bob Parks Real Estate. Could you meet me at your house? And I said, well, I will, but I'm, my, my, my truck's up on the jack. He said, as soon as these tires get rotated, I'll be there. I hustled back. I got there, and when I pulled in my driveway, long driveway going back to my house, and on the hood of his truck, he had a big plant map of Rutherford County and Bedford County. And he said, you know, they're trying to sell this nine acres next to you. I said, I'm very familiar. I said, look at these stakes. They're in my backyard. There's paint. I mean, this world, a whole barn told him. I sawed every stitch of lumber. I'm talking about out of my own sawmill, fell the logs, drug them with a pair of mules. I mean, that barn is pretty valuable to me. My son-in-law nailed it together in there, but he's going to stay. Somebody say amen. <laughs> didn't have to pay him nothing, but anyway. <laughs> it pays to serve God. Man, I'm said, I said, yeah, I'm very familiar. He said, well, look here. He said, uh, my son was in California a couple of weeks ago, and I sent him out there with my grandson because he'd never heard anybody preach. And said, you preached a message out there, and I think I preached against everything. Stuff I ain't even really against. But but it got people's attention. And he said, when he got through, he came back home and he said, he met with me and he said, I want to do something for that brother Tony Fry. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, we're going to buy this nine acres next year. He said, we're going to put it up for auction. He said, we're going to cut off two acres of it for a buffer and just cut it off. Said, we're going to sell the other seven acres. And I said, well, do, are y'all going to finance it or do you want me to run to the bank? How y'all want me to get this? He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, God told my son to give you two acres. Last time I checked, 40000 an acre, that's 80000 I just told one deacon to pray with me. You know what happened? God took care of it. I mean, that stuff's real. I walked into Andrew's office the other day, and I don't go in there often, and I looked over there, and he has all these deer heads and bear skins, and, and, I, and I saw a, a surveyor stake with a yellow-orange piece of tape on the end of it over one of the pictures. I said, what is that? He said, hey, you ain't going to leave me out of it. He said, every time I come in here, God proves it's alive. He pulled the stake out of the ground, put it on the wall as a memorial. You know what some of y'all need? You need some memorabilia. You need some evidence in your life that God kept his promise so that when times get difficult, when times are down, hey, times of discouragement, and times of despair, and times of heartache and heartbreak, you can look on the wall and see a stake hanging somewhere. Yeah, that bones rattling in that box was just a tomb in the minds of Israel that God kept his promise. It was in his Consistency is not going to do it. Your second guess is not going to do it. Our Heavenly Father, what we want is no 